young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Good morning, War Report family. Your man, Ike Jones here. We are dropping it on you. Zach Etheridge is officially back on the planes. Let's talk about that and the implications for this Hugh Freeze staff. Y'all know how we do War Report style. Let's drop it on them. You are you now, are now listening, listening to, to the War Report. Tuesday, December 20th, the morning drop is back here with you. My guy, B. Will, in the place. We're dropping it on y'all in the morning drop. Be will. How you feeling this morning, sir? I'm feeling all right. Feeling a little, little uh, hopeful, you know, optimistic about what's about to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. Hope and optimism. I like both of those mm-hmm. things. We're talking about Zach Etheridge, though. He has officially been named back on the staff. Hasn't said exactly what his role is. Still says DB or secondary coach on his title. Um, so I guess the assumption is that we're going to split the back end between safeties and um, and cornerbacks right. with uh, Wesley McGriff being back as well. Um, but what do you feel like the retention of Zach Etheridge says about what Hugh Freeze wants to do with this staff? And then I guess subsequently what Ron Roberts wants to do with his defense. Uh, you know what? It makes me think that this is more about I, I said this. So we messaged in the Slack last night, and you were like, I said, was there any doubt that he was going to stay? And you was like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a slam lock thing. My thought is, in this current environment, recruiting is not only important. It's gotten more important because you have to re-recruit your own guys, and then you are now in it for guys who you used to recruit before they committed to one place, they jump in the portal. Or you have to recruit guys who you've never been in it for, but you've been scouting since they've been wherever they at, and they jump in the portal. He is a premium recruiter. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to let a premium recruiter walk out the door. You just can't. Not in a pass-happy college football where he recruits defensive backs and other players. He's not just a defensive back recruiter. Right. He was the guy, um, he was helping recruit James Smith when he was on campus this past weekend. You can't let that type of talent walk out the door. Now, I don't know what took so long. If it was about the money, because all the other positions needed to, to get worked out. So let's see how much of a bump up. Because a guy who was getting ready to walk out the door and go, go to Georgia can get a job anywhere he wants to go. Pretty much. You can't let that guy get out the door, and they didn't, which is why I had very little doubt that he was going to stay. I, I, you just, if you freeze and let Zach walk out that door, that would have been the strike one on Hugh Freeze in my mind. Yeah, well, I mean, so he, here's here's the 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 brass tacks of it, though. And I talked a little bit about this. I can't remember. I've been doing so much content recently, having conversations about staff composition, right? I think I, it was Sunday when we were talking about this, about if you keep Zach, which now they have kept him, how do you justify his salary, right? Like, what role do you assign to him that he can put on a, uh, you know, email 
right. signature <laughs> right. that makes it make sense for how much money you're paying your defensive staff, right? Because mm-hmm. typically you're not going to pay a person who's just coaching safeties mm-hmm. $600,000 a year, which is what Zach Etheridge's salary was prior to this season. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a lot of money when he's only coaching half of the back end of your defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what's, what title is he going to get? That's going to justify the salary. That means he's going to be secondary coach plus recruiting coordinator. Plus like something's got to, because again, last year in order for them to give him that pay raise bump, they had to give him the associate head coach title. Right. 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 Cause he was already doing the recruiting stuff. He was already coaching DBs, but then they had to give him another title. So it could say, okay, here's something else that we can throw on here that now it makes it make sense for how much money we're paying you. So now the question I that I it begs the question for me, how much money are they paying Zach Ethers to do this and what all are his go- going to be his responsibilities to make it make sense? Outside of recruiting, we know Zach Etheridge is a dynamo of a recruiter, right. but what other things are we going to be doing with him that make it make sense for him to stay on board or do you think he took a pay cut? I I don't think he took a pay cut. Well, so when the news broke that Christian Robinson was not going to stay with Auburn, he's, he wasn't going to be on staff, uh, Zach tweeted out something like, if you're on a rocket ship, mm-hmm. you don't worry about what your seat is going to be. You just make sure you're on the ship. And yeah. to him, I don't know if he was that was his you know, sub-tweet message to Christian, like, hey, man, you might not have had the position that you wanted, or it may not have been a bump up or in pay, or maybe you had to take a pay cut, but you would have been on on board to something that is going to be special here in, in short order. So if if that is what Zach's thoughts were at that time, I wonder if that's the same philosophy for himself, which means I might get a lateral move and it might not right. be an associate head coach, which was the title that he did have last season, but I'm where I want to be. We're about to do big things. We have resources at our disposal. So this is a good gig and I'm, I'm willing to stay here, even if it's not exactly what I want at this time. Going from that, then I think, okay, maybe maybe he goes from associate head coach back down to just secondary uh, safety coach and re- ace recruiter. Like, I, I don't know if they put that in their title. I know that they do sometimes build recruiting into their contracts. I just mm-hmm. I remember distinctly Rodney Gardner had, like, uh, bonuses in his contract, depending on how well he closed with defensive line recruiting. That was something that was built in. So... It makes me wonder. So, how is the structure for Zach? You know, is it did he right. take a cut? But if he lands big guys, because like I said, he wasn't just recruiting uh, secondary this past weekend. He was recruiting everybody. He was working everybody. So, is it you're the lead on this guy? You get this guy. Here's some more bread. You know, so it, it could work uh, a number of ways. But my guess is that it had to be comfortable enough. It couldn't be too much of a cutter. I don't think you disrespect yourself like that. You know what you're worth, right. and you know you're valuable, so you could go anywhere. But it had to be enough to where. He's comfortable with it. His his skill set, which is safeties, yes, secondary, yes, but recruiting, which is the reason, like I said at the top of the show, that's why you keep him. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's why they're rewarding him, and that's why um, that's going to make him some extra money, maybe in incentives, but maybe just in base salary. Yeah, so I think it's interesting, right, because Christian Robinson was a pretty good recruiter. And there was no clash as far as his title is concerned, because you you got Wesley McGriff in here now, who is a great recruiter of his in his own right, mm-hmm. more so, you know, on the secondary, not overall. Uh, but I think it says something to an understanding that Hugh Freeze has as to the value of certain people in the building. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not just about whether or not they do their job and that job itself 
well. Mm-hmm. It's about the value that they bring to your your locker room and to your program mm-hmm. um, that he wanted to keep him on. When you talk about him recruiting more than just uh, the secondary folks, like he was, you know, they, they have him listed as the lead recruiter on Robert Woodard last year, right? right. Like that was a big time flip from Bama. Right. Um, and people give Caddy a lot of credit for Jeremiah Cobb, which he did work Jeremiah Cobb a lot, but the lead recruiter on him, Zach Etheridge, mm-hmm. right? So Zach Etheridge was in on that. And um, and one of the big folks for this cycle, Darren Reed, Zach Etheridge guy, right? Mm-hmm. All not in the secondary, but he's got he's a guy that's out there on the road doing the work. You see right. him out there putting in the work with these recruits. And then to your point, the transfer portal folks, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the folks that we've identified in the transfer portal that have made changes and differences in the last couple of years since Zach Etheridge has been here, he's been responsible for helping land that person and bring them in here to the Auburn fam- family. So right. uh, Zach Etheridge is invaluable, I think, I- in the short term for us. And I, I think it's going to be interesting, though, to see what happens in the long term, though, because his value just continues to increase. Does Auburn have a long term strategy for how they're going to retain all of these folks on the staff, right? Because you got co-DC now, Wesley McGriff, yeah. who that to me is not just a, well, it could just be a title thing where they, you know, all right, well, we need to slap another title on him so we can justify paying him some more money. But you can't continue to pay both of these guys this amount of money. Does that mean that eventually Ron Roberts is like a, a stopgap and one of those guys steps up to be your defensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Uh, it also is interesting to me that, you know, in all of this, man, we could have, I, I still feel like we could have got T. Will, man. Like, yeah. it, Ron Roberts wouldn't be here, right? right. So I don't really know what that turns out to be as far as his ability. You know, we, we talked about him. We, we did a morning drop on Ron Roberts. You guys can go back and watch when we talked about that. But Ron Roberts wouldn't be here if T. Will was. But T. Will's another Ace dynamic recruiter. recruiter and has the ties to the university. So I think it's interesting that that didn't happen. Um, but I feel like it's clear that he was, T. Will was ready to make that kind of jump um, yeah. away from UCF to be a defensive coordinator yeah. back in the SEC again. Um, but yeah, I feel, I, I wonder what the long term situation or play is going to be for these guys because you got a lot of talent, but you also have a really big salary right now that you're trying try out there. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And and I worry. So one of the things that we thought, and, and I think we said this when it got announced when Hugh Freeze got hired, was that. Hugh Freeze is kind of a bargain bin coach because of his past, because of the baggage mm-hmm. that he had, because if there was somebody who you thought could duplicate what he did at Ole Miss and then take it to the next level because Auburn is a next level program over Ole Miss. I'm sorry, you guys, but we appreciate your offensive line coach and that, that tackles about to sign with us. Um, if you believe that, then that kind of coach with the current climate, what coaches are making, he's an $8 million a year head coach, maybe not. Right. So we got him for six and a half. Now, what do you do with the rest of that money? You pay the staff to make sure that you hit the ground running and you get it right. So it makes me wonder, do they know, hey, look, we got a bargain here. We're going to start with six and a half million. You have your incentives if you do a lot of winning. But go get the staff you want and don't cut corners. Like the only, yeah. if the only concession with, with staff was they didn't want to come here. Or when could they start? Like some, some very common sense logistics were the holdup, but it wasn't price. Was price to hold up on these guys? I got to think that this administration was like, listen, it doesn't matter. We need to win. We need to win big right now. Go get who you want. And that's what makes me think, hey, we're going to keep these guys. I, again, I don't think Zach Etheridge would take a pay cut because that's something personal. You love Auburn, but you know what you're worth. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why I don't mm-hmm. think he'd be like, yeah, I'll stay for a hundred. No, he's not going to stay for a hundred thousand. Yeah, no, definitely you know not. No huge pay cut. But again, it could be incentive lace, right? Like, right. like I, I'll take a little bit less up front. I'll take more on the back end because mm-hmm. I feel like I can go work and get that additional bread. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see when the contract details come out about what happened. And again, what his official role is. I haven't checked recently to see if he made any sort of announcements about that but um last i checked his twitter thing still said secondary coach so We're going to go here to the chat now and see what everybody's talking about over here. You guys, make sure you drop your thoughts. And uh, we'll start with Florence Tiger, who said recruiting season is fun <laughs> again. When was recruiting season not fun? It was I don't always know. fun. It's just that it ended up not mattering if we didn't get the guys we wanted. But if so far, this recruiting season yeah, is very fun. I mean, again, commits are fun. Signings are better. Tomorrow, we'll see how much fun we're still having yeah, yeah, for sure, when for sure. um, all of the speculation of who might sign, da da da, actually puts it on the dotted line, who is committed but pushes it out till later on, right? All of those things. I think there's a lot of excitement around, but I, I mean, I think recruiting season has always been fun for me. I, I, I get it. Everybody's a little bit more enthusiastic because they like um, the prospects of what's happening. I like it too. I'm not trying to poo poo on the parade. Um, ATK Notorious came on board as a member. We appreciate that very Welcome, much. Welcome. You guys go ahead and make that jump to the green name gang. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun over the next couple of weeks talking about Auburn football and Auburn basketball. Don't forget, basketball is happening. In fact, there's a game tonight for the women. Tomorrow, the guys are going to be out there taking on Washington. So you guys mm-hmm. make sure that you support if you're in the Auburn area for the ladies. And uh, we can got to watch the Pac-12 network to watch the guys. But What? Whatever. I'm not watching. Yeah. Oh, no, okay, I can't. Oh, I mean, uh, I gotta find might as well have Bill Walton back on there again if it's going to be on the Pac-12 yeah. Network. Um, Stefan Catling says, y'all think we can get in the top 20 possibly tomorrow? Be will thoughts on top 20? Um, so top 20, it, it's interesting to me that nobody has quite yet found a way to put a value on transfer, guys. So when we're talking signings, they're ranking it by incoming high school players and and JUCO players. But I think, I mean, you obviously, you can find a game-changing quarterback in the portal and then that count towards your recruiting metric. But obviously, it's huge. The portal is huge. So we got, what do we know? We got uh, the tight end that we just signed out the portal. That was our first big portal sign, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a tight end. That dude could end up being all world for us, but he wouldn't count towards the rankings. So as far as the metrics go, the ones that will count towards the rankings, could we get top 20? We could. But I'm, it's going to take flipping one of those big names that are out there. Right, right. It's it's possible. I, I think it's definitely possible come February after all that signing is done and all the JUCO sign up. But I'm less worried about that and more worried about position. Did we get guys to fill needs and how quickly can they fill those needs because they're JUCO or they're transfer? So we'll see. But I'm, it's yeah. not outside the realm of possibility, no. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think it, I def- definitely think that we could. I don't know if we'll do it tomorrow, to your point, um, but I think that we could close the entire recruiting cycle in the top 20. Mm. But here's the thing you know, that you pointed out that I want to circle back to is it's more about position of need, and then it's going to be about the quality of the talent that we're bringing in with right. it. Um, I think sometimes we get too caught up in the numbers of how high the ranking is, and then we forget 
a lot of those guys that are in that class, you never see ever play for your team. Right. right. And so the recruiting ranking looks wonderful, but then that talent never touches the field. How, how much benefit was it to your school? Right. Um, you know, listen, I, I was going to say I hate to bring it up again, but I actually don't. I enjoy bringing it up. <laughs> Texas A&M had the <laughs> highest recruiting class in the history of recruiting classes last year, right? right. As far as composite score was concerned. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if 50% of those kids will ever touch Kyle Field as a Texas A&M Aggie. Right. I mean, half of them are already gone have- right now. So, <laughs> yeah. If, if they ever play at Kyle Field, it will be a practice scrimmage or uh, as a visitor. Right. Yeah. So like getting, I don't want to, I want, I definitely, you know, if you recruit high, then that gives you the higher probability of having more quality talent. Right. But, and I understand that fundamentally, but I don't get caught up in it so much because I really want to see how good are we evaluating talent and Mm -hmm. placing it on the field. I just want to finish well. Right. Right. I want to finish well on the field, not necessarily just in the recruiting rankings, but it's important. I'm not going to act like having talent is not important. It absolutely is. But in the era of the transfer portal, not as big a deal for me. Um, Lee Bands, how do you feel about Falk? 50-50? I think he's probably 60-40 Florida State. It seems that he actually likes Florida State. So this dynamic happens a lot. So they get recruited early by somebody and you know that person offers them the best combination of you know here's what you could get in nil and oh you're going to start right away and come to the campus they make it all about them and they like that place right but another place starts pushing you got some stuff to think about auburn was not doing well as a program under harson when we were pushing for falk florida state actually had a really good season for florida state they improved year over year. The quarterback looks confident. Florida State fans think they're winning a national championship next year. Uh, okay. Okay. God bless them. I'm, I'm not making that up. I saw multiple <laughs> tweets about it, about they come on board the national championship train for 2023 to recruit. Yeah. Stuff. If they couldn't beat this Clemson team, then I don't want to hear anything from Florida State. This was the most beatable Clemson team in a long time. Well, since last year. And they didn't beat them last year either. So Florida State is still like middle of the pack ACC. They're not too much to write about, but they've got momentum. And I think that's attractive to Keldrick Falk because a coach is going to tell you, hey, man, we're building. We're on the way up, so get on board. So if you like them, if you like the place, you like the school, you like the, the, the players that you got to meet, and then they're actually doing what the coach said they would do, I think that's hard to beat. I think if, if the Florida State had faltered last year, if they fell back to 6-6 six and six or whatever they were the year before, we'd have a better shot at it. Because then uh, Kevin, was it Norvell? Mike Norvell? Mike Novell, yeah. Then he might be on the hot seat. And then you have to wonder if you're committing to the right place, if the coach might be out the door the next year. So um, I think they're doing just good enough to keep him. If we, if we flip him, I think that's a phenomenal get. That is a phenomenal get because I think he's actually pretty solid to Florida State. I think we got a better chance of flipping. Um, I saw somebody, James Barnett, mentioned him, Tony Mitchell. Because our secondary played well and Bama's secondary got chewed up all year. And we've got great secondary recruiters right now, fantastic ones. I think we've got a better chance at flipping a player in a secondary where we those are our, maybe our two best recruiters. Maybe it's even with Cadillac down there in the running back room. But we've got a better chance at him than we do at Keldrick Falk. And that's just because I don't know if our outside linebacker, if our defensive line coach has the, the bona fides like our secondary coaches do. We'll see how it goes uh, tomorrow again. We're going to be doing the early signing day live. So you guys jump on in here with us as we get the news. Then we'll um, update you guys. 
All right. Uh, Sid, do y'all hear? Do y'all hear about the QB we offered? I'm not sure which QB outside of the one that was the Liberty offered initially. I think that was that was it. Okay, that was him. And he got an offer. And it makes me wonder, though, does this mean that we are striking out on both McCall and Leary? And that's what this. I, made me I don't think. know. I don't know if that means that, right? Like he was a Liberty guy already. We're, we we everybody was clamoring that we needed to bring in uh, some sort of freshman in this class. Well, we already uh, and this got is a one, freshman right? in the class. Uh, but see, I, so I'm not certain that that young man is going to be a, anything but a preferred walk on when it's all said and done. Right. So he, though he had an offer from the previous staff, I don't know if he's been re-offered from this new staff. Um, and so we'll see. I think he met with them. Um, he did. And what he, he was there this weekend, I believe. Okay. And he's, he, he put out a tweet. I think he got interviewed by somebody. And he was saying that he liked the vibes. He still wanted to come. I don't think there was a firm word on whether or not right. he was going to keep. And so here, here, here's the thing, right? Like there wasn't a firm word on that, but then they offered another kid the very next day. Right. Right. So, I mean, I get it. But if, so if we if we're assuming one freshman, one transfer, and then you got Robbie and Holden already in the tank, then that's pretty much it as far as guys who could realistically stand a chance to actually be contributors. Because, of course— And I don't think there's a problem with bringing in two freshmen, by the way, but— Well, the second freshman has to know that's not going to happen, though. That's, a, that's really the issue. Now, if you're behind—if we're saying, hey, we might give you an offer, we might not just hold on, all right? And then I offer my old, my old homeboy, and we've already got a guy who, who played, who has the experience one year on staff— oh, excuse me, on, on the roster, on the field here— You've got a guy who did his red shirt, and then we bring in a transfer, assuming we still bring in an, an experienced transfer, which I think you need to. Right. So if that's the case, then Jenkins has to know it's like, I'm not really going to get to play here unless some just catastrophe happens. And to be fair, didn't Hugh Freeze get down to like his fourth string quarterback last year? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we? Technically, we got down our fourth string quarterback last year. Cal right. couldn't and- go. And that's why I, yeah. I've been on the train of like you need at least five guys in camp because you don't know what's going to happen after spring. Somebody might transfer. So I don't think it's a problem that you bring in a transfer and you sign two kids. Uh, but, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen post spring once you get to the assigning two deeps and people see what the reps are looking like. All right. Because they can still jump. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. So you need five guys, in my opinion. Um, so I think it's not a bad idea. And just because we offered the kid from Liberty doesn't mean he's actually coming either. He right? probably would, because if he got an offer at Liberty, then that means Auburn is far and away the best offer he's going to get. I'm not surprised if he happens to come here, because, again, yeah. Hugh Freeze is a good quarterback coach, and we have now this dynamic quarterback staff. All right, a couple more here. Matt Reeves jumps in. Keep an eye on Tulane's bowl game. Some smoke around their QB hitting the portal after the game. Hmm. So we'll take a look at that and see what happens. Um, our, our new member, um, but frequent viewer, says, if tomorrow is a bust, this is a very interesting question mm-hmm. that I am ready to talk about on Thursday mm-hmm. or Friday on the morning drop after we see what happens. But if tomorrow is a bust, what are your thoughts on Hugh then? I don't know that I can project thoughts based upon potentials, something that might happen in the future right now, but I think it definitely changes the conversation around Hugh Freeze with the fan base for sure if all of this everybody jumping up and down about commitments and it doesn't it f- finish the way that we thought it would. Right. 
because we're so far we're in it for several people, but we haven't right. landed anything. Well, we've gotten some guys. Don't get me wrong. We have gotten some guys. We needed some depth at defensive tackle. We got that. We needed uh, a tight end, a pass catching tight end. So we we got that. We needed. I don't think we necessarily needed help at safety, but that flip from Tennessee doesn't hurt. Quarterback, offensive line, and linebacker. That right. that and that is what I'm I am saying. It's a good day or a bad day based for offensive tomorrow. line. We've had some momentum. Right, haven't seen any linebackers, mm-hmm. and the only quarterback is the the Liberty kid so far, and no transfer portal guys. Right. right. So of the three positions of need, momentum is really only happening with two of them. It's an important one of the three. Right. But you need to see some other stuff happening in those other two places as well. And so hopefully Auburn will be able to get on track with that. All right, man, we're going to get out of here. Another morning drop successfully dropped on you guys. Once again, this is your boy from the War Report, Ike Jones. Be will about to get out of here. As always, War Eagle. And we will be back and dropping something on y'all again tomorrow. Peace. Peace. Drop.